<laughs> Welcome to Nebcast Halloween edition. We're a couple of Halloweenies. <laughs> yeah. And our bone tingling special tonight will have you hacked up in pieces. You'll be scared of our uh, uh, brain uh, list. I, I suck. You do suck. You could never be the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> never be the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> Is that how it sounds? Basically. <laughs> uh, so, hey, how's it going, Did we Brad? introduce the show at all? Yeah, I said welcome to Halloween edition of Nebcast. Did you? I did. Huh. You don't even listen to me. I'm sitting right next to you. You don't even listen to me. Sorry, my bad. Uh, You're so self-involved, Brad. I you was are just so... excited about the Halloweenness of our episode. I know. We're I having a Halloween special. Do have we done a Halloween special before? Uh, I think we just reviewed the last Saw movie. We did for the Halloween, but and we didn't do right. What are we doing for this special? We are also reviewing the new Saw movie. And, <laughs> That's true. Uh, and what else are we doing, Brad? Um, well, I figured um, we should uh, make known our um, favorite horror movies of all time. That's a good idea. Um, on this Halloween evening. Yes. Look at all the trick or treaters, Ryan. I know. You know. Actually, I feel really bad. Um, trick or treaters kept on coming up to my door, and I didn't get candy because I didn't have time. Because I was up God. in Fort Collins. And One stuff. thing to do today. And they all you have to do is get candy. And they kept on ringing the doorbell and knocking on my door, and I thought I didn't turn on my porch. I'm like, why are these fuckers keep on banging on my door? Or my porch light was on, and all the like lights were on in the house. And <laughs> so I was like the asshole on the street. I'm surprised I didn't get egged. I can see you playing video games from the street. I was. <laughs> I was playing, uh, my friend Joe let me borrow Red Dead Redemption, so I was playing that. Nice. Um, Amber and I, uh, we put a, I put a sign on her door mm -hmm. that said, yes, we have candy. Nice. So, kind of a clerk's nod. And um, also kind of creepy, because... <laughs> Come in, kids, get some candy. Get some candy, kids. <laughs> Leave the door open. <laughs> Just walk on in. It was an apartment complex, and that had two trick-or-treaters. It was great. Really? Yeah. Never go trick-or-treating in an apartment complex. It sucks. Well, last year, no one came to my house. I remember I had the party here last year when you were Wally costume. Well, we, that was that was like a temple I, day or say. I, I was pretty sure, wasn't that Halloween day? Pretty I sure it's Halloween. I think so. Or whatever, whatever it was. And no one came mm -hmm. to my house on Halloween last year, but then this year it was so nice. Yeah, because uh, the weather was good. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't cold or, cold or anything. Lots of trick-or-treating to be had. Um, should we do some uh, industry news first, or do you just want to do the list? Uh, you have uh, you have the <laughs> script in your hand, man. I'll just I'll I'll. You know what? Um, I'll answer any questions you have or okay, comment. Yeah, I'll, I'll do it. Um, okay, some things have been a lot of stuff has been happening in the uh, movie world since our last episode. So I yep. I figured I'd bring everyone up to speed. I've been uh in my free time just kind of keeping track of what I've been reading online. Um. Obviously, the big thing recently is uh, Christopher Nolan has uh, stopped being silent about all of his Batman information. Did, did you hear anything, Ryan? I, I have heard. I've heard that it's called The Dark Knight Rises. That's right. He's named it. What do you think of that name? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a, I mean, it makes sense because if you take the context of what happened at the end of The Dark Knight, then it makes sense, and obviously the two they're trying to—I think they're trying to relate it to the Dark Knight because the Dark Knight, you know, is the marketing-wise, yeah, the yeah. third highest-grossing movie of all time. Um, but like, my thing is like, why not just call it the Dark Knight Returns? Like, can they not because of the graphic novel? Maybe I, I, that might be a con sense of confusion with nerds, but I mean, it's 
transcended nerdism, so I don't think... Yeah, yeah the, the, the Rises part just seems kind of weak. Or and, maybe between now and the movie, they'll think of another name that kind of encompasses... And it's really Jesus Christ-ish. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'll, 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 that's the first time I've mentioned Jesus Christ. I'll mention him again later on in my list of favorite horror movies. Oh, yeah? Not that he takes takes part in it, but uh, via behind it. Um, speaking of uh, Christopher Nolan, Inception was a big movie this summer. Um, it's uh, been reported that Tom Hardy uh, is going to play some kind of character in the new Batman movie. He is, and he was really good in Inception. Yeah, I'm a big fan because he was in Bronson, one of he my was. favorite movies from... The uh, Nebcast Halloween extravag or Christmas extravaganza episode. Yep, where and we talked about our favorite movie. You know, we should preview the new one. We're going to have another one this year, and I've already talked to James, and he said he would do it. Oh, so. he's doing it. Awesome. Yeah. Have you made your list yet? Um, I'm still compiling it. I do. Um, this year we did it. Last year we did it just before Christmas. Yeah, I think this year we'll do it. Right I'll do it after because I want to yeah. see True Grit because I have a feeling yeah. I might really enjoy that movie. It actually looks really good. At least the trailer makes it look good. Yeah. And then uh, I think the only other thing I might end up on my list between now and then is a Tron. You know, I read... I heard uh, it's bad, but... Really? I read a thing where they previewed... An article where they previewed 20 minutes of it, and people were cheering. Really? Great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I still think the first Tron's a little overrated, but... It looks goofy, for sure. But I think this one, uh... The trailer, like, for the first couple minutes in 3D, I couldn't tell that, that, um... The Jeff Bridges... The young Jeff Bridges was like a CGI character like his face model yeah. it didn't hit me until a couple minutes in I was like oh that's a young Jeff Bridges and the only way that would be possible is because of CGI modeling yep so. are they you know he's acting and then they just paint over his face get yeah. rid of the wrinkles and stuff I guess I don't know could be that way too um what else here's a little Spider-Man stuff for you. um Emma Stone that's is, your crush. That's my crush. Is uh, gonna play a very important Spider-Man character. Yeah, my favorite Spider-Man girlfriend, Gwen Stacy. It was originally reported that she was going to be um, Mary Jane Watson because she's a, a redhead um, on film, but apparently she's a natural blonde, so she's actually gonna be playing Gwen Stacy. Yeah. So I'm excited. That. I'm excited about that. I love her. She's always really good at movies. You know, she doesn't. I don't know. There's something about her that I really enjoy. She's she always seems very like mature and likable. Yeah. Um, the only bad thing is though because she's Gwen Stacy, she's she's not going to be in the Spider-Man movies for very long. Well, she does die in the comics. Yeah. So, unless uh, what's his name, the director goes a different way and um, you know rewrites Spider-Man lore so that she stays in longer or doesn't get killed by the Green Goblin. There's only one way to find out. Yeah. So look for that next year. Well, you know, it's not next year. It's the following year. Oh, really? It's 2012. 2012. God, uh, remember, so Spider-Man comes out, like, July 4th, and Batman comes out, like, three weeks after that. Isn't that crazy to think? Like, now it seems so far off, but... I mean, they both start filming, I think, at the end of the year. Yeah. Like, in the spring or something. Yeah. Um. Speaking of things between the end of the year, remember that Adjustment Bureau trailer? Yeah. Where's that movie at? I think they moved it to March or something. Yeah. Were you impressed? I still think I still want to see it. I think it looks interesting. Like Matt Damon's usually good in what he does, but just like yeah, I got like a Dark City feeling to it. And Dark City is a good movie, but this just seems like yeah, and it also has kind of like a, a a Matrix feel to it, where you're being controlled by something you're 
have you, you haven't been aware of. Yeah. It's like a. I don't want to say like smarter. Like waking up to the world behind the world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But what scares me is like those movies that usually try to do that have like really bad dialogue, like really forced yeah. and fake. But you hope that someone like Matt Damon that he he, he'll elevate one. it because even a movie like uh, The Informant was okay, but he made it watchable and pretty. I mean, he's really good in it. I thought, anyways. Hmm. Um. Also. Uh... We're going to get into the 3D portion of our news. Um, We're coming at you. <laughs> yeah. Our voices are extending beyond the microphone and the speaker <laughs> and getting all 3D up in your ass. Wow. I got it. Yeah. That's um, anal. Let's just move on. Um, you said 3D up in your ass and I said anal. Yeah, that's you, right. You missed my joke. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> um, a classic trilogy is going to finally make the transition to the three. You know what? I've prayed to the gods that this would happen, that Star Wars <laughs> would be in 3D. And you know what? George Lucas has answered my prayers. I've always wanted to see, like, X-Wings flying out of the screen. Haven't you? Like, I know. I mean, when you see Star Wars, the only thing I can think of is, how can they make this movie better? They made the special editions, and it made it better. <laughs> and now they're just taking it to the next level with the 3D. Uh, and it's going to be... Because, you know, it wasn't shot in 3D to begin with, so it's going to have that up-conversion, like, <laughs> flat cardboard cutout. So how are movies from 3D? 1977 going to look up-converted? Uh, like wondering. most movies nowadays that are up-converted, just like... Shit. Each, each thing that comes out of the screen is just like a flat piece of paper. That just... Yeah. You know, the only thing I can actually see working in Star Wars 3D is the pod racing scene in Episode One. Yeah. Well, see, those movies, I think, because a lot of them are uh, computer-generated... They could just go back to the old models. Yeah. And make it really 3D, except for the actors. I think the actors will be flat. But all this, the CGI stuff, like, since it's built from a computer, like, they can open up the program and, you know, extend the camera or whatever. I agree. Um, but it's still going to look weird because everyone who shot on film will be flat. Yeah, I, I will not give my money to that travesty. Eh, I'm not going to lie. I'll probably go see it. But... The thing that sucks is that you have to wait um, for, the, for, for the for the prequel trilogy to wrap up before you can actually go see the trilogy you want to see. Yeah. Because they're releasing them one a year chronologically, which I think they did the special edition like once a month. Yeah. So for the, these three months, you know, you, you got to see the original trilogy, but now we have to wait. So by 2018, you'll yeah. have the whole experience. Get to Star see this, the grand Star Wars one. I still think, you know, I, I go back and forth with people on this. I don't think Revenge of the Sith is bad. Like, I think it's the best of the new trilogy. Really? Yeah. I actually like the first one. You would. You love Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> I do. It's my favorite part. I hope they uh, CGI him into the You said like Jar Jar Binks? In 3D. Just add him to the story. Um... Uh, you know, we're talking about bad 3D. You know what is good 3D? It's a movie we saw recently, Jackass 3D. It was. Ryan, what's your review of Jackass 3D? Um, it came at me like a flying dildo. <laughs> it slapped you in the face with hilarity. <laughs> and there's literally a slow motion shot of a dildo <laughs> coming at you in 3D. And you know what's funny is it's not the only time I've seen a cock coming at me in 3D in theaters. <laughs> if you've seen Piranha 3D... There that's is, true. There's a scene a of a, months before. a penis floating in the water. Yeah. Um, that's what I'm talking about, cardboard cutout 3D. It's Piranha's a good, good example. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I, it was really funny. I mean, I always like the jackass stuff because, I mean, there's no plot to the movie. It's just these big stunts, and they're just funny. 
Like, because I wouldn't do that to myself. <laughs> Maybe I would if I made as much money as Johnny Knoxville and... You know you'd man. try to crawl through a, uh, a taser <laughs> obstacle course. You know you would. I would. Or you'd bend, <laughs> bend upside down and do a bucano. You'd totally do that. Um, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I thought the one that looked the most painful was when Preston was a human filkel. And he oh, took he the took football the right in the face. face. Yeah. I keep forgetting about the... the plane engine yeah they throwing footballs into it <laughs> blowing people around yeah it's, it's yeah. stupid but it's really funny and like the 3d in it is it was shot in 3d and uh like you really feel like you're there and like in the backyard yeah and nothing looks flat like it just looks like the planes extended and, um i thought it was pretty amazing yeah I mean, other I, than the dildo like nothing came out of the screen but Again, I, but you know, my, my big argument with all 3D movies is, I mean, what does it really add to the movie? I mean, I'm pretty sure when I see Jackass in 2D, because I'll buy it on DVD, mm -hmm. I, I don't think I, I'll, I'll really be missing the effect of the jokes. The only thing that really popped out of the screen was that dildo, so yeah. that's, what, like a minute of the entire movie? Yeah. So. But you're right, I mean, it was shot with 3D cameras, so it has a better feel to it than a lot of 3D movies. Yeah. Actually, not all. Uh, I expected all the movie to be three D, and there were actually some like, uh, uh, like bits, staged bits that were actually just two D, even in three D. Yeah. Like they didn't um, convert them at all. But uh, yeah, it's fun. Um, should we review Saw? Yeah, let's go ahead and do it. Saw three D, the seventh entry into the Saw franchise. The final. The final chapter. The final chapter. Ryan, go. Um, do you want me to do a plot summary, or do you want me to just talk about the movie? Whatever you want. Um, well, I mean, obviously the plot of Saw is just how many people can get tortured, uh, and in which way. And so it's always the set pieces. Uh, and of course it's since Jigsaw, John Kramer, died four movies ago, <laughs> he's always, like, pushed aside into cameos. Or flashbacks. Or fla uh, flashbacks, that's what I mean. Yeah. Um, and this one though he is really missing in the movie where it's really Detective Hoffman who's taken over for him and where I thought Saw 6 was actually one of the best in the series I think Saw 7 kind of 3D falls somewhere in the middle where I get excited when I see um, Dr. Gordon show up mm. um, Carrie Elway's character from the first one who um, I thought was shown dead in the second one but I have yet to go back and watch and prove it wrong. So, Yeah, uh, so he makes a return, and it's always cool. And when he's on camera, he's always chewing up scenery pretty well. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, now he has, like, a little, like, gruffy accent. Yeah, like, he's he's been changed. Yeah. Uh, but so, I mean, the, the the first little trap that they had where those guys were inside of... The public. The public viewing one. I mean, the saws coming at were pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Other than that, again, the 3D is not really necessary. I mean, unless you want to see intestines fly at you. And <laughs> Which we got to. We did. Finally. Finally, yeah. And there's... Again, I, I still think Saw 6 is one of the best ones. In fact, if I ranked them, mine would go Saw, then Saw 6. Hmm. In in the order of how I liked them. And, uh, but this one, it, again, it just... It, they're trying to tie up all the loose ends with the detective Hoffman and they really could have just condensed it down to two movies. True. Yeah. Because I mean, saw five was totally unnecessary. <laughs> and I, one of my biggest pet peeves with saw five was 
the the purpose of Jigsaw um, kidnapping Dr. Gordon the first one or with Amanda in the second one and somewhat in the third one is he was punishing people who didn't appreciate life. And Detective Hoffman was just punishing people right. who got in he his way. He punished a lot of people in this movie. Yeah, for no reason, really. Yeah. Well, the covers. Well, to cover yeah. himself, yeah. but, you know, against everything that Jigsaw stood for. Mm-hmm. And... I don't know. So, like I said, it's about in the middle of the road. I, I like some of the scenes. even the, But the one scene with um, John Kramer was really cool. Mm-hmm. And it was really interesting. He's really good. He, he really is. For some reason, he's able to elevate whatever the movie is to kind of the next level. Where I think he's actually became almost uh, as iconic as Freddy and Jason in that regard. It might not be him, but his voice and that little puppet mm-hmm. are definitely in the annals of horror for sure. Yeah, they, they definitely left their mark. But the acting in that movie was terrible. <laughs> and, and and again, it's not... Um, it wasn't Hoffman. Hoffman's always pretty good, that guy. The Sean Flannery, who is in Boondock's AIDS. Yeah. He was, he was all right. I mean, I believed him that he was a survivor of Jigsaw. And it, but the detectives, like the police people in it, were terrible. <laughs> They're like very low on the totem pole detectives yeah and they were just terrible actors and it just you know you know when you're in a movie and you're watching and someone's such a bad actor it really sucks you out of the being in the movie mm-hmm. that was I one was of those moments focused on like god that guy looks like christian bale a lot yeah oh. but he definitely doesn't act like christian bale so uh how much money does detective hoffman have yeah yeah because <laughs> uh, uh he's, he has a lot of elaborate traps and a lot of resources yeah, you know, one of the traps, too, it, it didn't make any sense. When they were at the, the focus group, and that black chick was hanging with her abusive boyfriend, and they had all those lawnmowers turned upside down or whatever, yeah. and they were hanging from it. I mean, yeah. it, I don't know the point. I mean, a lot of... I remember the first saw wasn't even really... I mean, I guess you could lump it in as a horror movie, but it was more of like a psychological thriller, mm-hmm. kind of like in the vein of Seven, where you have detectives trying to figure out this um, serial killer. Mm-hmm. And he's setting up traps to punish people for basically in seven, you know, it's like they were doing something wrong and the trap has something to do with the trap has a meaning to it. And they have the ability to like to uh, beat the trap, to beat the trap. But uh, Hoffman doesn't want you to beat the trap. He wants you to die. So um, I I guess to, you know, I don't know. I guess I don't know how many people listen to this. I, I guess I shouldn't ruin plot points in the movie, but. You do get to see the uh, actual end result of what happens with the bear trap face thing. Oh, yeah. He got out of it in the last one, though, right? Then he did. Yeah. I'm talking about it at the end of the movie in Saw 7. Oh. Okay. It is used on somebody. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I didn't get why that happened, though. Like, why it needed to... Well, he wanted to tie up Jill because he was trying to get rid of... Oh, I just ruined it. Yeah, he just ruined it. Uh, he's trying to get rid of everything, and then... Um, but I did like how it actually did tie up the series really well. And so they really don't need another one. Although they could have another one. They could. Um, also, like the... What did you think of it, Brad? I, I don't think I've really ever asked you. I thought it was all right. It's like the everything but the first Saw just feels the same to me. Yeah. On the same level. Like they're not, they don't get, uh, I guess four maybe, four and five were kind of like, oh God. Uh, where I started to like lose interest. And I, I agree, like you t- I didn't see, get to see six in the theater. Um, and then I saw it at home and I was like, oh, Ryan was right. It was really like a pretty good story. Um, they have also like gone away from the whole, like, like nine inch nails yeah. shots of like swir- swirling around like a trap. And you stuff. know, that's the one thing I 
do not miss about it. <laughs> but uh, the first saw was really slow and methodical. And it, again, I, I really respect filmmakers. I think the first saw was filmed in seven or ten days, mm. in just obviously like two or three locations. Right. And for a million dollars, I think it was something like something really low. So I I, I applaud filmmakers that can do that. Um. Uh, but yeah, you know, my biggest problems when you got to Saw four and five, not so much Saw three. I I like Saw three, but four and five is all that, and it like camera would swoop around, quick cuts that cut 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 cut, and where am I? What's going? Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah. But so yeah, I mean it's all right, and I mean of course I'll I'll probably own it on DVD because I have every other one except I don't own Saw five though. Oh, but, really? Yeah, Laura does, so I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. We'll combine those collections very soon. Remember when we did, uh, we were trying to re- do Saw 5 because we didn't like it at all and we were going to make fun of it, mm-hmm. but we didn't want to spend the, it was like seven ninety nine to buy it, <laughs> but Laura bought it, so I don't have to worry about it. But uh, Saw 6 had that carousel. I loved that uh, carousel trap. I thought that one was really actually terrifying and, you know, actually put you on the edge of your seat. Also, um... Speaking of like Hoffman having like endless resources, in this movie he built a transforming incinerator. Yep. Like, how? What? Yeah. Uh, unless there's those things are exist somewhere you can. <laughs> I, like every piece of it like came together like a transformer, you know? Yeah. 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 That's like things like that. Just like, I guess they don't want to like destroy the movie, but it's just like makes you. Yeah, like I said, those wonder. moments really take you out of it. Yeah. Oh, also, um, so, like, would you, you and me had a little battle in the beginning of the movie? Mm-hmm. I'd You're win. fighting over that chick? <laughs> <laughs> She'd win. I don't know. You it's know, hilarious that... that the first two characters in the traps were Brad and Ryan. <laughs> I looked over at you, but you, you were paying attention. Now, what's that, their names? Yeah. I didn't even pay attention to that. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Brad. The woman you think loves you. <laughs> Ryan, she's been cheating on you. Bitch. But you know, the, the one thing yourself. I did like about it is he, the I guess Matt Hoffman got a little more... Matt Hoffman? Uh, Matt Hoffman, <laughs> no. <laughs> Detective Hoffman got a little more... I don't know what the right word is. Um, adventurous, because he started putting people on public display. Yeah. And his traps. I mean, that was a different element. That was cool. So, and, like, the fact that there's a network of people who survived the traps uh, is kind of weird, weird, too. Like, not just, like, people beyond the movies he's been trapping. Like, yeah. And he's got a day job day job as a detective up to this point. And so, like, <laughs> like he does a lot of work, um, like, on the side. Like, because apparently there's hundreds of people who have been affected by Jigsaw that have survived. Yeah, it's like, you, the one thing I do like them about the movies though too is they always, they they seem so, like arbitrary and not unnecessary when you watch the movie. The like if you watched Saw Five and she puts that package in somebody's door, mm-hmm. they don't recall it for two movies and it's you know it's to Doctor Gordon. Yeah. So I mean I like that about the movies, but you know, again, whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's over. Yeah. It always, it always seems like uh, everything is wrapped up really well with each movie, and then, yeah, they find stuff like that to extrapolate on. Yeah, I mean, then they'll always have... 
I mean, even the it's the final one, but then they leave the possibility that, oh, guess what? There could be another one. Yeah. Which I know there won't be one next year because I know what their next movie is going to be. Oh, yeah? They bought the rights to Leatherface, and it's going to be Leatherface 3D. Okay. I know. <laughs> um, I think it's your Leatherface costume, by the way. Do you fit photos? Uh, we, uh, Joe does. He might have posted them. I haven't looked yet. Yeah. There's a really funny one where I'm holding the chainsaw like it's a cock and Laura's licking it. Did you get a real chainsaw? Uh, no, it's it's oh, one yeah. where you push a button and it like the brooms. kids' toy one. Yeah, yeah. but I'm, I think I'm gonna have Bruce Campbell sign that one. <laughs> nice. Um, right. Enough of this shit. Should we get into the yeah? The so top ten. So I was actually gonna ask you, what is your criteria as far as you know? I still think movie? about that um, because you know I I'll I'll start this off right off that I didn't include Army of Darkness. Because, I think I know why too. Because I don't really think that is a horror movie. I think it's a comedy. Yeah, it's like with a horror element. Exactly. Which is why I didn't put Shaun of the Dead on this list. Oh, see, Shaun of the Dead's on mine. Oh, is it? Because that one's more of a horror movie to me than Army of Darkness. Huh. Uh, but also, you know, you could include Jaws. Yeah. But to me, that's a more of an adventure movie. Or Predator. Or yeah, Predator Two is a is an action movie. You know, there's so many hybrids. Yeah. But you know, I. Army you know, of Darkness like, to me. The Black Lagoon is considered like a horror movie. And yeah. And has like a creature like the Predator. So. Yeah. I mean, you can include Predator. You, I think if you went to a blockbuster or anything, I don't think Predator would look out of place in the horror movie section. Yeah. Because, I mean, there's horror I think elements. on some like TV networks, like on Halloween night when they do like a series. Yeah. I know, it's, I know it's on a, uh, a, uh, AMC. AMC <laughs> right now. Thank you. It was on the same night. As, uh, it was on during the month of October. So, um, I mean, there's horror elements to it, for sure. So, I'm guessing you actually found a set criteria from which to base your um, you know, to I define a horror movie. Well, you know, I don't. I, I see that's tough for me. The reason I don't think Army of Darkness is one is because it's almost too silly to be a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's more of an adventure movie too. I, and it has like yeah. I mean it has horror very little it's horror elements. Too. I mean the the biggest horror elements in it are you know the people that want to swallow your soul that change into deadites because and then when you have the evil Ash come in, he too is really funny. So I mean it's hard to take the villain in it as yeah you know I, I don't know I, to me it doesn't seem like feel like a horror movie. What I ultimately did is I just picked movies that. Um felt very like gave me the feeling of halloween yeah i mean that makes sense too yeah. you know i always argue with people uh i think die hard's the greatest christmas movie of all time yeah that's right and and, and people tell me it's not a christmas movie i said it is it takes place on christmas and i mean what else you need from a christmas movie i yeah. mean i mean i guess you could say that no one really learns a valuable lesson except for hans gruber splat presents are, aren't exchanged or yeah anything. i mean it's not a warmy fuzzy feeling but you know i laughed in it and i enjoy it yeah so, anyways, I did ten. How many did you do? I, 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 horror is not my favorite genre, most favorite genre. So I scrambled together at least ten. See, you know, if I had to pick, it's gonna be my favorite genres is definitely horror and uh, comedies. Oh, I know. The, the big pro- horror guy. The problem with horror movies is they're either really good or they're terrible. There's hardly any horror movies where you can find middle ground. You know? Yeah, they're right. They, yeah, that right the like in between. The, the yeah, two, I mean yeah. there. I mean there are. I, I do. I mean I think the Saw movies are better than most horror movies, but at the same time, I, I don't know. I, I I'm a little snob when it comes to that. Yeah, I just picked like things that felt like if I was sitting down on Halloween, like what would I want to watch? 
And I also felt like, okay, it has to be disturbing, has to be some kind of gore element. Yeah. Um, and just something that, like, messes with your mind. Feels spooky. Yeah, so I, I was just... Did you get scared from movies, Brad? No, not really. Either do I. I, I... Like, when I was little, for sure, but nowadays, like, nothing really... Unless it's, like, an idea that's disturbing. Yeah. And then, like, my head extrapolates it, then I can get, like... Just like disturbed. You know, I can't like go. Oh my god! Close my eyes. Yeah, I, I remember the uh, the first movie that really terrified me when I was little, and I, I won't tell you what it is because it's actually the number one movie on my list, and and I'll tell you the story behind it. But you know, that's the last movie I remember actually terrifying me. I am fascinated with the the art of making a horror movie because I think it involves a lot of creative people. Because usually horror movies are with limited budgets. I mean, you can take. I don't even That's like. That's why there's so many of them. Is they're so profitable because they're all low budget, and then a ton of people come out of see. And I mean, and you get people like Sam Raimi, one of my favorite directors, come out of the horror genre and go on to do Spider-Man, and you can see it in his early movies where he gets the he's an innovator. Peter Jackson went from Dead Alive and Heavenly Creatures and did Lord of the Rings. So Shit, I Dead Alive on the list. <laughs> Just kidding. Have you seen that movie? Yeah, it's out of control. I've also seen that puppet one. Yep. That he did. And, but you can see in his movies, though, where he can make a movie like Lord of the Rings, because he's definitely a creative filmmaker. Because hmm. then he went from, you know, Dead Alive to The Frighteners to Lord of the Rings, so... Oh, The Frighteners. I forgot that one, too. <laughs> Just kidding. It's Michael J. Fox, though, so you can't go wrong. Yeah. So did you want to kick this bad boy off, or do you want me to? Uh, I think I want you to. Um, wait. So we can end with yours. I'll go first. Okay. Um, I was going to rank them, but who cares? <laughs> <laughs> They're all in the top 10 so that's all that matters um i had a list i left it somewhere i tried to mine are ranked by the way are they yeah (laughs) you make me rank this i don't know like maybe like one or two like top number yeah i mean it it doesn't really after that i'm like whatever yeah so um i'll just go down the list the way i wrote it that's gonna suck because that last one's not that (laughs) um okay well i'll start with an obscure one Uh, we'll get that out of the way since no one's gonna care about it um, has anyone heard of the movie Fierce of the Dark? That's what I thought. Trip. Trip, trip. It's a movie I saw two years ago in the theater, and it's an anthology of, um, not really, like, super, it's a, it's a, of a like, disturbing, um, supposed to, like, uh, mess with your mind, scary stuff. It's all animated. It's, like, it's six or, I think six stories that are animated by all these foreign directors. Mm-hmm. Well, foreign directors who got crews to animate them. Um, and they're all just like, I guess mostly psychological stories. Like one involves um, this student who uh, like gets a girlfriend and uh, like he's interested in insects and he traps one and then like it burrows into his skin. Um, and then I guess the one burrows into his girlfriend's skin and like like over the course of their relationship she starts to get like meaner and angrier and uh, eventually like that bug was some kind of alien creature uh, I haven't seen it in a while so have you seen Creep Show? no there's a it's an anthology too and there's a Stephen King I don't know if he directed it or he wrote it but it was about this guy who was wanted everything so clean he lived in a clean white house and everything was clean and then uh, at the end 
who got infested with cockroaches, and then they started pouring out of like every orifice of his body. Ooh. Hmm. So you know, kind of sounds like it. Yeah. So I mean, I, I guess that's a fear that a lot of people have. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I guess it incorporates like fears that people have in a really artsy way. Another one is like this Japanese schoolgirl is being haunted by this Japanese demon, uh, uh, and she gets like, but she's been secretly being injected with drugs. So it's like all in her head. Another one is about like, there's this animal creature in town that's like, or in the water of this lake, and it's a uh, at night sneaking out and like eating people, um, and it turns out to be like the manis- manifestation of this guy's friend. Yeah. And then the last one is uh, this like thief sneaks into this abandoned house in like a snowy area, and there's just some kind of like uh, ghost sneaking around with him. And eventually, like uh, it's really cool because that last is all like black and white negative mm-hmm. space, so most of the shots are just black, and then it's like there's eyes floating around, or um, a light will appear and like reveal stuff. <laughs> that you uh, can't see through the darkness on screen, like select par- parts of the screen. It's like really creative, so. Um, anyway, yeah, it's called Fears of the Dark. Uh, go check it out. I think it's uh, definitely gives you the Halloween vibe. Nice. Uh, Ryan. Um, my number 10 is actually, we've kind of already touched on it as the very first saw. Oh, really? Um, the reason I chose it is because I actually think it actually ushered in a new uh, genre of horror where before Saw, you really didn't have the torture in horror movies. You did, like, with the classics like Last House on the Left, but that movie's not very good. Uh, not, not that, I mean, it, it is terrifying in a way that it happens to people you know. Like, it could happen to anybody, but the movie's really cruddy, and uh, I mean, you could even tell, ask Wes Craven, and he thinks it's a shitty movie, and he made it. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, the first Saw, I, I think is one of the first movies I saw in a long time where it actually got me not not like scared but like got me thinking like this is kind of creative you know you have two people basically in a room for an hour and a half debating on if they should saw their leg off and and then the cops trying to save them and then of course a big reveal at the end is you know jigsaw was actually in the room the whole time and mm-hmm. and i just thought it was it was definitely a creative way to tell a story i thought you thought they were stupid until like the third one because I remember, like, I used to go see The Midnights, and then you mm-hmm. came with me on the third one, like, yeah, I guess I'll go. Or am I just reimagining things? I think you're reimagining things. I didn't huh. I didn't like uh, when they started doing the heavy metal quick cuts, which well, I think... even the first one. Yeah, kind of. But the first one still had its moments where it slowed down. Yeah. And and that's why I like Saw 6, too, is it slowed the pace down a lot. Hmm. But yeah, the first Saw, it just, uh, too, because I think it's kind of um, groundbreaking for the new genre of horror movies and it kind of became our generation's Friday the 13th right where you have one every year basically and I think I've already said everything I need to say about Saw so yeah well that was on my list too and it's actually probably maybe my number one on this list I've had to pick really um so I'll just make it my next one <laughs> so we can just continue on talking about it like yeah what uh, one aspect you haven't mentioned yet that I really like about uh, the first Saw is that it has a protagonist that is actually not a fucking idiot. Yeah, about I the agree. whole movie, like Carrie Elways, he's smart about trying to solve his problem. Yeah, and eventually the only thing that really defeats him is he's out of options. Yep. So like he hasn't figured it out fast enough. So I mean, and how terrifying! I mean, before that movie, there's really no movie where you're going to self mutilate yourself 
to save yourself as far as my recollection yeah you know where he i mean he had to make a choice he's either going to die there or he's going to have to chop off his foot so he can crawl out of there right and he did and he made a choice um yeah and then the like the i was really impressed by the ending where yeah jigsaw was in the room the whole time and just uh it felt like the traps were like the writers got together and like oh can you imagine if like there was this thing? Yeah, the and, dude. Like, they really designed it exactly, and it makes and those traps made sense. You know, the guy who's tied up with all the razor blades around him—that's mm-hmm. something that me and you could afford to make. Yeah, you know, and not wear these super elaborate traps. Where I mean, how much money could you possibly have to make these traps? Like they they had more of an element of mystery than the other traps, which just just seemed designed to glorify the yeah and gore and yeah, um, like there was a real challenge to them. Uh, and they could win, too. I mean, we've said that before. Yeah. But, I mean, there's always that... You got that nervousness. It's like, are these guys going to get out of this trap? For the first, I think, three movies. Yeah, and you see, like, there's... Dude, you could definitely do this. Just, like, suck it up. But, I don't know. I'm, I've never been in that situation, so I don't know yeah, I mean, how to react. But, uh... Yeah, I've never had a yeah, person at, with a pig head kidnap me, so... At that time, there were, like, a lot of horror movies, and uh, that one uh, just kind of... It distanced itself from everything. Yeah, it wasn't built on a franchise already, and... Um, it just had an element we hadn't seen before, and, um, and, and like I said, if you really think about it, it was really original at the time. Yeah, the texture and the tone, and yeah. Um, so yeah, that was my number one, but <laughs> number two. What else you got, Ryan? Uh, actually, in in keeping with Halloween, ironically, Halloween. Really? I'm not talking about the Rob Zombie one, which I actually I enjoy because it's a different take on the character. But I'm talking about John Carpenter's original 1979 Halloween. Which I haven't seen, so... Which you probably should see. Um, I mean, the the premise of the movie is... Well, I guess I already know because I saw the Rob Zombie one, but... Well, it's actually a little different. I mean, in this one, uh, he... There's actually a great shot. The opening shot of the the opening sequence of the whole movie is a six-minute-long Steadicam single shot. And it starts from the point of view of little Michael Myers... And he's outside. I mean, you don't know it's a little boy yet. And the camera follows him to the, his front porch. Then it goes around, and he sees his sister. Then it goes up the back door. He goes into the kitchen, picks up a knife, uh, goes upstairs, puts on a clown mask, and then goes kills his sister. And it's all in one shot. There's only one cutaway, and that's when he puts on the mask, so you can see through the mask, guys. But it's still just one shot going up. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just it was shot for $150,000. Um, it's really simple, and uh, and if people think uh, if they actually watch it, there's really no violence and blood. Violent things happen, but they really don't show it because obviously with a limited budget, you really can't aff- aff- afford to show those effect shots. But what he did do effectively was take uh, basically a faceless killer wearing a mask, have him stalk people, and I think he only kills three or four people in the whole movie. And they're not elaborate deaths, are they? They're just no, stabbings, right? they're just stabbings. The only one death, death that really is, I guess they call it the signature kill in that movie, is he grabs uh, this guy by the throat and picks him up and stabs him through the chest with a knife, and he sticks in the wall. <laughs> but you don't see any blood. I mean, you see him stab him, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the whole point of the movie, he's just stalking these kids. And he doesn't even really strike until Halloween night, the first... 50 minutes of the movie is him just following him home from school 
walk, walking back and forth. And uh, it, it's a really interesting movie, and it builds tension really well. And, of course, it, it ushered in the slasher genre, and it made Jamie Lee Curtis a household that, that name. Came, that came out before Nightmare on Elm Street and yeah. Friday the 13th, right? Yeah, that came out in 1979. Um, Friday the 13th came out in 1980, and Nightmare on Elm Street was 1984. Hmm. So, I mean, it's like basically the original slasher movie. And it also introduced the unstoppable killer. <laughs> At the end, um, Donald Pleasance, who's freaking fantastic as Dr. Loomis in the series, uh, he shoots Michael Myers three times. He falls off the balcony, and he hits around below. Loomis looks at him, goes back in, checks to make sure Laurie, Jamie Lee Curtis's character, is okay. He goes back outside, checks, and he's not there. But in a great bit of acting, with no words, is the look on Dr. Loomis's face as he knows <laughs> that he was going to get up. He knew. And that the whole point of it, as John Carpenter said this, is... It's not that Michael Myers is a person, as he's the entity of evil, and can you really defeat evil? And it's a really good movie. I'm surprised you haven't seen that. Uh, I should let you borrow the DVD. Yeah, no. Because, you know, it, it was something you appreciate. It's really slow-moving, and you know, I I miss movies like that. It's not on my list, but I really like The Strangers, which is a horror movie that came out recently. Um, I remember that uh, Halloween party where you met, or you first talked to Laura, mm-hmm. I guess. Um I went as the scarecrow from Batman. Yeah. But people thought I was the guy from The Strangers. <laughs> yeah. And we're like, no, he wore a white burlap sack in The Strangers. God. <laughs> um, I, I haven't seen Halloween, but up until um, this weekend, I hadn't seen the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Really? Yeah. This was the first time I saw it, and I was like, Meh. Yeah. It was all right. <laughs> um, next one. Am I going again? No, I was gonna, okay. I thought, I, yeah, yeah, I'm I was done. I'm gonna politely ask you, are you done? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm done. I, because I, I, I don't know what else to add to it. Just um, see it. Oh, uh, the music in Halloween's really good. It's only done with a piano, and it's the, the piano. Uh, the, no, it's a real piano, and the theme is uh, really simple, but it's really good. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry. Um, I'm gonna do. I guess I think it's what's gonna be considered a new modern classic. Uh, let the right one in. Yep. Which you haven't technically seen. I haven't seen, but no. But so is seen, it better than the remake? I haven't seen the remake. Oh, so. you haven't seen the remake. Mm-hmm. I figure I'd just wait for a DVD since I, yeah, I think know out what's going on. February. February. So, uh, yeah, if you haven't checked it out, it's about um, an outcast kid who's struggling to, you know, gets bullied in, in school and everything. And then this girl and her dad move in to, like, the, I don't know, is, are they apartments, apartment complex? Yep in like a Swedish town it's a, it's a Swedish movie um, so you have to read a little bit unless you get English titles um, anyway she moves in and uh, kind of they become friends and stuff and he eventually fi- discovers that she's uh, it's supernatural <laughs> and um, I don't know what else to say about it without like no, ruining stuff Well, you know I don't know if you can ruin it I- I've heard that the American remake. I mean, I saw the American one, and that right. movie was really haunting. And it, yes, yeah, it's, it's so quiet, but there's parts in it that just, it's just, it's really good. And I wish people gave the, the American one a chance. Yeah, it has a. It's really good at haunting you. Like the vibe is so mellow. Exactly. Up until a couple points, it. So it's, it's just. Like a lot f- of movies rely on, uh, you know flashy gore effects or mm-hmm. um, you know big event set pieces and stuff and this is just like a talking head movie for the most part yep. it's just like really haunting and like just eerie 
Um, and it's not like it's a vampire movie that's not uh, you know it doesn't have vampires sparkling and stuff you know yeah it's it's it's, it also has that feel like if vampires really existed it's it's like how you might have to experience it yeah you know that's what the american one did too you know it's not it's not glamorous to be a vampire it's Mm -hmm. basically yeah the american version was you know the only thing i i didn't like about the american one is there's some parts where the cgi were just Mm -hmm. like when she's climbing up this tree (laughs) <laughs> and when she attacks this one person, you're just like, come on. That's too bad, because you know, those I can, sound like parts of the Swedish one that I think are done well. Cause, I mean, I can look past it, because the uh, the acting in that one uh, is just fantastic. So, I mean, you should see the American one. I didn't put it on my list, but, I mean, it's pretty close, because it's definitely a modern classic for sure. Nice. What's your next one? My next one is... Uh, 28 Days Later, Ooh. which um, the reason I actually, I don't know, I just, I, I liked the, 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 the tone of the movie where you're, you're going kind of going along in, on the ride and killing Murphy's character where you wake up and you're isolated and you're all alone. You have no idea what's going on. And I thought that was actually a nice creep factor in the movie was, I mean, I mean, could you imagine waking up and everything's dead basically yeah i mean that'd be really creepy but i will also clear up too this is not a zombie movie for those (laughs) people out there this is a virus movie an infection movie where the people don't die and then come back to life like in zombie movies they get infected and they become rage filled with rage it's like uh what's it called uh what's the word for like a virus uh Never mind. Keep going. But no, I really like the movie. Um, I like that it was... It has elements of a zombie movie. But it was also really... It was really creepy. And it really had a a really panicked feel to it. Because I couldn't imagine waking up. Like I said. And you know, you just have no idea what's going on. And then I love the scene where he still doesn't know what's going on. He walks into a church. And he's asking what's going on. And all those uh, bodies all of a sudden come to life and start chasing him. (laughs) <laughs> and I think that's a really cool movie, and it's just it hasn't been done before. And even the sequel, I thought was really good too. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just included it on there because it's one of those movies I saw in the theater. And I'm like, finally, you know, there was a period in the excluding like the Scream series where horror movies kind of got wussy, mm-hmm. where they're all PG-13, and but around that movie is like 2002 where they started getting balls again. And especially like with Saw and stuff, where they started being extreme and being actual horror movies again. I haven't seen it since uh, the theater, but uh, yeah, I remember it. Like it was like really creepy. And the sequel, aside from the doctor's stupid decisions, like there, like it, it was pretty decent. Uh, I thought the opening in the sequel was pretty terrifying, where they're all in that house that's boarded up. Oh yeah, yeah, and that was all, the scariest part of the movie. And they all come busting in, and and, it, and you know, it gave you that big morality question i mean if you like, couldn't do you go back to your loved, you one, yeah. to your loved one you save her or... and i thought that was really well done so you're fucked if you do yeah totally she came back and forgave him i mean <laughs> i guess she died in braveheart so she had to... <laughs> anyways yeah 20 days later right on uh the next one i wrote down was uh friday the 13th part four really yeah nice because uh obviously you like seven seven oh, the seventh geez. one 
No, sorry. Eighth one? No, the eighth one. When he goes to Manhattan. Manhattan. Oh, sixth one. Sorry. Yeah, there you go. My red. <laughs> um, that was the seventh one. Mm -hmm. Number seven. All right. Well, I like the fourth one because that one's good. Um, it still it still has the tone of like the first three, where there's the effects are you know more subdued, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um. Uh, but it's. Uh, Probably most people would pick the first Friday Thirteenth. Yeah. As the like iconic Friday Thirteenth, but like, you know, Jason I, Voorhees isn't in it, and he doesn't have the mask. Yeah, you know, I agree. I think the fourth one is actually is a really high point for the series because I mean the effects in it were really cool, mm -hmm. and of course you have Crispin Glover, and <laughs> and and he's always bizarre in movies, but you know the kids in it, the actors in it were good too. You know, not like a typical Friday the Thirteenth where some of them aren't very good. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, like, Jason gets the mask on the third one, but it's got, like, that 3D thing going yeah, on. Yeah, the third one is not one of my favorites. I, I like that he gets a mask in it, but, you know, it's it's more about the 3D effects in the third one than anything. Yeah. So I picked the fourth one just because, like, it has all of Jason's finest elements come together in one movie, and it's the end of, like, the chapter. Yeah, and, and Technically, I... well, it's not the end, but, like, for that portion of the movies it's like the final like yeah. it resolves of you know and I, story. I too i like the jason in that one because he's really menacing mm -hmm. uh there's some friday 13th where i think that jason's kind of wussy and besides kane hotter uh, he's obviously the best one mm -hmm. but in that one he always had that guy had a purpose and he was always angry that horror show movie i was telling you about uh -huh. kane hotter was in it nice i love kane hotter um uh yeah i remember like i got i started watching the movies when i worked at hollywood video and I remember being like, you know what? I, I like Jason Voorhees. I should actually like watch these movies. Um, and I read the first one. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. What the hell? It was his mom. Like, where does Jason come from? So I read the second one. I'm like, okay, well, this will explain it. And they I'm never like, really do. Iconic mask. Like, he's just a dude. <laughs> and then the third one comes out. And he finds the mask. I, I still think the mask is really funny in the third one like, because. Finally. It, the guy who has it was wearing a wetsuit at the same time. It makes absolutely no sense why he has a hockey mask. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there's a little classic uh, addition to the... Yeah. Definitely a, a horror classic all around. Um, it's like the mainstream one on my list. Uh, so, yeah, I like that one. Well, What's your you, next one? You know, my next one, number seven, keeping in this tune, is actually Freddy versus Jason. You bastard. Um, the reason I put that one on there... You're depleting my list. <laughs> ...is because, you know... Being a fan of Jason and of Freddy, uh, and, and you've you're not that much of a fan of Freddy. No, I, I mean <laughs> we'll get to him later. But uh, I, I like Freddy when he's menacing and evil. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I lost a lot of respect for the—I don't even know how to say this—the character of Freddy in later elements when he started saying stuff like "I'll get you, my pretty, and your little soul too." Like I, I had a hard time with that. But in Freddy, there's like six movies where he's almost a comedian. Exactly, movie. and. Um, you know, I just, I just for someone to be a child molester and be like that funny and stuff. I, I but I liked him in Freddy vs. Jason because he came, he went back to being like a, kind of an asshole. And I liked Freddy vs. Jason because it's something I've been waiting for forever. Yeah. Because I've been a fan forever, and when I saw the one, I think one of the worst ones is uh, Jason Goes to Hell. Is uh, you know his mask, his glove comes up and grabs Jason's mask, and when you're a kid. When that movie came out in 92, you're like, oh, it's so on, it's going to happen. <laughs> Finally. And then you had to wait another 11 years before the movie to come out. It was one of the 
that and Spider-Man were like movies I was like anticipating for so long. Mm-hmm. And that we got it and Jason kicked ass in it was yeah. awesome. And somehow Freddy knows how to like throw down. Yeah. Like he doesn't seem like a character that can like do ninja attacks and stuff. Like uh Jason just pummels him in the movie. Yeah. But Freddy can like jump around and like do a tiger claw move and stuff. It's really weird. Yeah, it, but, but you know, other the, than that, like, yeah, I like that movie a lot too. The movie was cool because, I mean, I, I understand some people have a problem because it seems anytime there was kids together, all they were doing was doing exposition and you know explaining huge yeah. chunks of. But you, I think you really needed it in the movie. In case you forgot, this is where Jason came from. Yeah, you know, I, I understand. I think that's the hardest part. But at the same time, I love the fight of Freddy and Jason in the dream world. Mm-hmm. And then the one where they're fighting on the dock. Yeah. You know, I really respected Ronnie Yu as a director, where he basically said, I'm going to put the camera on screen, and you two are just going to beat the shit out of each other. No quick cuts. You're going to see chunks, body parts flying. Mm-hmm. And they did, and it was blood. bloody and it was awesome. It's like it's something I was waiting for. And it also has the worst Blu-ray description of a movie ever on the back. Yeah. If you buy the Blu-ray of that movie, get ready, read the back, and then try to... It's like having an ice cream headache. Yeah, it's trying to read it. It's really funny though, but yeah, no, I really like Freddy vs. Jason, and uh, they they captured I think the both series really well in it. Yeah, they they did justice to both. Unlike another team up series <laughs> uh, involving creatures from other planets. Yeah. So you can thank. This oh, that's my number on. one. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, speaking of which, uh, so we got we finally got Freddy vs. Jason. We finally got Alien vs. Predator. I'm still waiting for my Robocop versus Terminator. That'd be sweet. Make it happen, Hollywood. <laughs> Terminator's not doing so hot right now. And where's that Robocop remake? Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Aronofsky makes Black Swan instead of Robocop? What the hell? I know, now he's doing the second Wolverine. So. <sighs> Alright, um, yeah, Freddy vs. Jason was actually written next on my list, so I'll just skip ahead. <laughs> um, yeah, I love. And when that came out, too, like, was it the same year that Saw came out? I think so. 2002 so, or 2003. Yeah. Like, those two together, like, got me to enjoy horror movies again, I think. Um, so, what I wrote after that is uh, kind of a wild card here. Wow. Um, some people would say it's kind of uh, kind of a horror movie. Um, it's called Alien. You might have heard of it. Hell yeah, that movie is a horror movie. Yeah. Uh, like the, the first one. Yeah, the first one. The other three are, like, action-adventure movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this point, it's the only one that I would want to buy on Blu-ray is the first Alien. Like, they just came <laughs> out with the anthology. But 4 is, sorry, Fincher, not his fault. It's terrible. Um, and 3, her, yes, his is 3. Yeah. Um, Resurrection's all right until the uh, Paris scene at the end. <laughs> like, because the directors, it just felt like a... Isn't like my home country. Look awesome. at my home country. Totally have not make sense in the grand scheme of the movies. And two, uh, it's just so like just like a war movie. Yeah. I don't know. Like Ridley Scott really got it right with this. You know, yeah, because I mean that one's creepy, and there's it's only just creepy. there's yeah. one alien in it. Yes, they don't overload your senses with all these aliens. Yeah, just one single alien is terrifying. Yeah, and it's it's like stalking these people mm-hmm. and. I mean, it's dark corridors. Yeah, very claustrophobic setting. And, and of course, the chest burster scene. Yeah. I mean, if that's not horror, I don't know what is. It sucks, though, like, being us, because it's iconic, and then, like, everyone's exploited it for years. It came out in the 70s, so, like, we knew it was coming. Yeah. It's still an effective scene, though, I think. Yeah. Um, 
like it's really cool but it's like I, I wish I could have been surprised like the people were in 1978 yeah you know um, and the other like uh, under, unsung like cool part of the movie is that like you're so focused on there's this there's this alien stalking everyone on the ship but the one thing I didn't know about was Ian Holm is a robot yeah <laughs> like that, that that's the big like, even more of like a shocking reveal than the alien in the movie yeah no the, the, so, that movie's great and it became like this uh trope that the other ones visited like each um movie after that had like someone in the group is a robot you know yeah um so yeah i uh that movie definitely has a a spooky tone yeah there's a killer on the ship yep um so yeah not much more i'd say about it so what's your next one uh mine's actually a nightmare on elm street really yeah and again sometimes i pick movies for their importance in the horror genre and i enjoy them the mm. first nightmare on elm street i actually really enjoyed because the mythology of freddy was exploited and he was more of a slasher in that one i mean when you start going into later in the series he even stops using like his glove and stuff mm-hmm. you know in this one he killed people with his glove yeah. and he wasn't really the wise cracking guy i mean he had a couple lines but i mean there's some effective scenes in it you know when he's coming out of the wall uh, Which is actually done better in I know, 1984 that... than it was last year. Yeah, in the, year. the in the remake. Yeah. Uh, and but I think Jackie Earl Haley was actually a really good Freddy Krueger. But the but the movie was cool. I, I just thought it was interesting and it was it was done in a cool way. And you know that one I like of the Freddy series, and then you can skip all the ones in the middle. And I like a new nightmare. Yeah, too. new nightmare is pretty good. And, you know, it's... Like it's I said... Long. It, yeah. Am I crazy or is it, is it long? Oh, no. New Nightmare? Yeah. I think it's like two hours long. Yeah. But that's why I, I liked it, A Nightmare on Elm Street because uh, that's when Freddy was cool to, to me. Yeah. Some people liked him when he was funny. I didn't like him when he was funny. Yeah, when he's like this pop culture icon. Yeah. I liked him more when he was menacing and he just stalked people. Yeah. I mean, there's even that scene in the first one where that kid's in the wheelchair and he thinks he's all like uh, a superhuman. Is that the first one? Uh, I think you're talking about the second one. Is that the second one? Yeah. Maybe it is the second one. Because I just watched it. I don't remember a kid in a wheelchair. Well, the second one's not bad either. I think the second one, though, is a huge, um, like, homophobic one because the kid in it, Freddy's inside of him, a demon, and he's trying to get out. And every time he's <laughs> try- about to kiss a girl, Freddy comes out. It's like gay allegory. Exactly. Yeah. But no, the first one's really good. And uh, so if, if you had to watch any Freddy movies, I'd say... The very first Nightmare on Elm Street, A New Nightmare, and Freddy vs. Jason. <laughs> the other ones you really don't need to see. Um, I saw the remake this year, um, and then I just told you I saw the original for the mm-hmm. first time a couple days ago. So I got to experience them backwards. Um, I just have to note that Johnny Depp's first movie, being mm-hmm. Nightmare on Elm Street, he's not very good in it. No, he's not. <laughs> uh, he took Amazing growth, classes. isn't it? Yeah. Like his The first lines he has in that movie, I was just like... His death scene's badass, though. Yeah, probably has the best best death scene in the movie. But like, as soon as he delivered his first line, I was like, "Johnny Depp is celebrated for this performance." <laughs> like, what the? Um, yeah, and also uh, the new one, he's like a child molester. Yeah. In the original movie, he's just a child slasher. Like, yeah, exactly. That kind of came out uh, later on in his. Yeah, but they definitely tapped into, like, today's vibe of fear of, like, all the child abductions and stuff. Yeah, exactly. molesting. Like, they've the new one definitely, like, 
exploited that in that character. Um, so yeah. Yeah, so I've seen that nightmare. Cool. Um, you already said saw. Like you took away my uh, my ender, so <laughs> my list is just gonna get progressively like uninteresting. <laughs> um, I don't think you've seen. Maybe you have seen Vampire Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust. That that's an anime, right? Yeah, an yeah anime. I have seen that one. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's actually a. I don't know if it's a sequel, but it's it's a. It's a really popular character. It's it's another movie based on like an original. Um, it's got different animation from the original and everything. Uh, it might almost be a re- reimagining of the original, but um, just the art style is amazing, and you know there's vampires in it and other kinds of demons and stuff. Um, uh, yeah, it has Halloween style characters like wolf people and vampires, and like just the whole look and feel of it is very. Uh, um, Oh, spooky. Uh, Halloweeny. Halloweenish. I just uh, I haven't seen it in a few years. I haven't either. I, I don't it. think I've seen it since I saw it with you. I think you were watching it one day on your TV, and I watched it with you. Yeah. I, I don't. It's like a go-to one for me. Like, if I want to experience something that says Halloween to me, like I go to that movie. And it's all about like this, you know, this lone uh, half-breed vampire hunter. Like, he's a little bit vampire himself, and he, like, he hates it, but, you know, he can't change it. He's like Blade. Yeah, he, yeah, he's like Blade. And, um, this, uh, he wanders in this town where, I guess, the mayor's daughter has been kidnapped by a vampire. And, you know, he gets commissioned to go bring her back, and as he goes on his quest, you know, to, he realizes that, you know, she left on her, on her own. Like, she wanted to mm-hmm. go away with the vampire, and... Um, uh, he has a struggle with the fact that like he maybe shouldn't bring her back because she doesn't want to go back you know like, yeah. he has a job to complete and everything and he hates That's vampires right. so he wants to kill the vampire anyway um, yeah it's pretty cool so what's your next one uh, my next one is actually a classic too that has been remade mm-hmm. very recently uh, it's Dawn of the Dead Oh, I'm going with the 1979 version I do like Zack Snyder's version but uh, I, I also like from 2004. Also from 2004. I, I but I do like Romero's more, not because I'm one of those purists <laughs> that says you can't mess with you greatness. Snub. But they're two different movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, where the original Dawn of the Dead to me actually kind of I, I always have this fear of zombies. It's and you see it reoccurring throughout my list. So I think that's maybe why they're my favorite horror movies, or when they deal with zombies. Uh, but. This is his follow-up to Night of the Living Dead. And basically it takes place, I don't know, it's like uh, not even uh, maybe a couple weeks after the original outbreak where the zombie problem is starting to spread, not just in a contained area, but now it's everywhere. And how do people deal with it? And so you have your militia people who are out having a good time, you know, because they get to kill whatever they want. They get to kill the zombies and there's no consequence. And it follows a TV reporter and her boyfriend who's a helicopter pilot for the TV station and they... have a couple of cop friends and they fly away and they decide that they're going to land on this mall and they board up the mall and the zombies are in the mall because it's actually kind of a a take on consumerism where the zombies are dead but they remember going to the mall <laughs> and so they're there and they'll be like shopping or there's zombies going up the escalator so they're falling down so there's like little funny moments in it but it's it's just a really 
good movie. It's really low budget, but all of George Romero's zombie movies are independent films. They're picked up. The makeup effects are done by somebody we both like, Tom Savini, who did, you know, Friday 4. And it's just a cool movie. I mean, it's actually really long. I think it's almost like a two and a half hour long zombie movie. But, you know, it deals with what happens if somebody you like gets bit by a zombie and they turn into a zombie. Do you have the guts to kill them? Uh, and, you know, they have it so good in this mall, they decide instead of leaving this mall, they're going to get rid of all the zombies inside the mall and they're going to live there. But um, Tom Savini's motorcycle gang <laughs> comes to the mall and wants and to loot it up. and screws things up. And I actually, Brad got me one of the coolest gifts I've ever got was the ultimate edition of Dawn of the Dead that mm. came with four separate cuts of the film. <laughs> Uh, which you don't think would make a big difference, but when one version is two hours and 20 minutes and then the Italian version is an hour and 40 minutes, that's a big difference in a movie. And, you know, they each have their... But, I mean, I'd go with the American theatrical one. But, yeah, no, Dawn of the Dead is just a cool movie. It has cool gore effects. It's just a classic. And you, you don't mess with classics. <laughs> and I don't think you've seen that movie and you're really I doing haven't. yourself a disservice. Dude, I haven't seen a lot of horror movies. I need to get caught up. Like I said, just saw the Nightmare on Elm Street a couple days ago. Friday the 13th is like, just, I thought Jason was uh, like the coolest slasher he character He still is ever, the coolest so. slasher character yeah. for sure. But, you know, uh, what, what they also do with the Dawn of the Dead, though, is it's kind of a comic booky um, gore to it where the zombies are either green or blue-faced and the blood's bright red. Hmm. So George Romero always kind of has fun with the zombies. They should check it out if you haven't seen it. It's good. Brad, your next one? Um, this movie I saw in the theater when it came out, and I was like, meh, what, what happened? What's going on? <laughs> um, then I uh, decided to give it another chance like later on down the road. Uh, it's called Shadow, Shadow of the Vampire. That movie's awesome. I don't think many people have seen it, but yeah, no, it's pretty not, awesome. No, not many people have seen that movie. That movie's great. If you're a fan of like, Nosferatu-style vampire movies, like this is a movie about uh, Max Schreck mm-hmm. and like all the making of those movies. And uh, is it true, like he really did like like as an actor kill people on the set you know I'm, or is that just the movie i think that's the movie i i think they're uh the movie took some liberties with his because they basically said he's a huge method actor mm-hmm. and i mean the movie leaves it open is this guy really a vampire or is he just a guy killing people it's a really cool movie right and of course willem dafoe is freaking great in it yeah he plays the um, max shrek character and, yeah yeah and like in the movie you're just his performance is so like yeah, it could be a method acting performance, but it could also like this guy could be for real. Yeah, so it's a, it's a cool movie, and it is definitely one I don't think a lot of and people Malkovich have seen. Too, right? like, yeah, Malkovich so is great out, in that. Yeah, as a director, it's one of those movies that's so under everybody's radar, but everybody should see because totally, it's it's really good. It really is. And yeah, once again, the tone of it is just like screams Halloween to me. Yeah, like I'm so glad I revisited it because when I first saw it, like, it was like 1999 or something, mm-hmm. and it was like. It went around as like an indie film, and yeah. not many people saw it. And uh, I, I was just hanging out with people and saw it, and I was just like, "What?" Like, I hadn't really developed a taste for slow, artsy movies yet. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah. I just I left going like, "What happened? What's going on? What's this movie about?" I it was just weird. And then later on, I checked it out again, and like, I got it. So yeah, you know, I I think uh, as you get older, you know, you don't. I still like all you know my cartoons and stuff. But your tastes do get better. I mean, you can revisit a movie like A Shadow with a Vampire of the Vampire, 
and it's a way better movie than you could ever remember it being because yeah. I think it's too mature for you sometimes when you go see a movie and you don't realize it when you're watching it obviously because when you know 10 12 years ago you think what, what what's the deal with this movie yeah I don't get it but when you rewatch it you really understand yeah. different experiences happen in your life and it, like builds you up and like, exactly you get it later on same thing with CDs like sometimes I'll buy a music CD like I'll be really excited about it and be like oh that wasn't as great as I thought it would be and mm-hmm. then, but I'll still hang on to it. And then, a couple of years down the road, I'll you know give it like, oh, what did this sound like again? Yeah. And then I'm like it'll be amazing. You know, I was that way with Weezer's Pinkerton. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Actually, like, I think I got uh, the Make Believe right. And I was like, oh, I want to listen to more Weezer. And Jesse suggested, you know, Pinkerton's their best album. I was like, okay. So I got it. And I was like, I don't what? Yeah. This is just a mishmash of what? I can't latch on to any songs in here. And so I shelled it, got their other albums, and then a couple years went by, listened to it again. Yeah, it's like their best album. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds awesome. So, what's your next one, Ryan? My next one is Friday the 13th, Part 6, Jason Lives. Is that your last one? Uh, no. Oh. Um, that's number four for me. I would actually thought it would be your first, but go on. Uh, I, I like it because it's the, well, it's the first zombified Jason. And, oh, here's my Jesus Christ uh, uh, reference. Originally, it was called um, Friday Thirteenth Part Six. Jason has risen, and Paramount thought that was too sacrilegious, so he had to change it to Jason Lives. So if anything rises in Hollywood, it's immediately associated with Jesus. <coughs> yeah. yeah, obviously. But what I liked about it is it had a really big gothic horror feel to it, and you know, it actually was like the first Super Jason. But it also had great character like uh, winks at the camera. Uh, back then, uh, obviously we'd never experienced Friday the 13th like this, but reading interviews with the makers and stuff, I guess if you went to a Friday the 13th movie, people would be screaming at the the screen, saying, don't go in there, don't go in there, and whatever they would say at Friday the 13th movies. So in this movie, the director, who ironically got to start directing Dick Van Dyke on the Dick Van Dyke Variety Show, <laughs> uh, he said, can I make a funny movie? They said, you can make it funny, you can't make fun of Jason, though. And he said, okay. And so one of my favorite moments in the movie is after they dig up Jason and a lightning bolt brings him back to life, all of Frankenstein, the the guy who Jason murders falls into his coffin. Horshack. Horshack from Welcome, Welcome Back, back Cotter. Uh, so the caretaker of the cemetery has to recover Jason's grave. And he says, oh, they didn't even put him back in. And then he looks directly at the camera as if he's talking to the audience and says, some people have a sick idea of entertainment. Obviously, he's telling us because we're sitting back enjoying watching people getting butchered. Right. And uh, and there's just funny moments like that. So that's a movie that's a little ahead of its time that didn't get the props that I think it really deserved. In the he also has the coolest like Jason design. Like he that uh, costume of Jason is the like the most detailed. Like you can see his spine and everything. That's part seven. Oh, is it? Yeah. Not bad. I'll show. Oh my gosh, Brad. No, part six is. Uh, Actually, part six, I think that Jason's okay in it. He has a tucked-in shirt and has, like, a utility belt. <laughs> He's like the Batman of He's Jason. He's like the Batman of Jason. But, you know, he also has a triple decapitation. Uh, what else does he have? Oh, he smashes some chicks through a Six is the one we did on the Nebcast, right? Yeah. We reviewed. Yeah. Oh. And that's that's my favorite Friday 13th. And, I mean, all you can say about Friday 13th is people get butchered in them. And, but I'm a big Friday 13th fan. It's my favorite horror series. Oh, that's right. Seven is the one where like the, the psycho, the psych, yeah. uh, psychic girl with the terrible directing in it, yeah. and then where Jason, in it. yeah, Jason's great in it, 
like the character Jason's great in part seven, but the directing, he telegraphs every freaking kill. <laughs> and he always reveals Jason like 10 seconds before he kills somebody. Yeah. I mean, there's no suspense at all in that. You gotta hide the terror, man. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, no, I liked, I just like part six, and I like the ending where he gets put back into Crystal Lake. And he stalks a lot of people in it. It's, it's just a cool movie. So that's my favorite Friday the 13th. Right on. I'm trying to decide if I want to steal your thunder or uh, go to the one after that. <laughs> you can steal my thunder, it's okay. No, I'll let you have it. Um, the one after this one on my list is uh, I decided to pick Planet Terror is one of my favorite nice. horror movies. Nice. Um, from Grindhouse. Uh, Death Proof, not so much like a horror movie to me. No, that's Although, more of an exploitation Although Mike movie. is a good villain killer, for sure yeah. he's awesome uh but planet terror definitely has like all those aspects of like yeah um like gore effects and like creature uh, uh like a creature danger you know like yeah. all the army guys can turn into monsters unless they like inhale this gas that keeps them under control and stuff and obviously there's a lot of like uh um like at the what is it the chili house like there's a lot of uh like people get killed and uh, in the hospital, like all the amputees yeah. and um, <laughs> yeah, lots of gore effects in that movie. And it's it's so schlocky, it's uh, just Endearing. really enjoyable. Yeah. yeah, like on purpose, you know. It's like how can we amp up like every staple of this genre? Yeah, you know. You know, I get in an argument with um, Laura about Grindhouse. Mm -hmm. And I told her the name of the movie is Grindhouse. And she said, no, it's Planet Terror. And and uh, Death Proof. So on her DVDs, they're not going to go order two, but she has them separated. I said, no, they're both, it's called Grindhouse, and it's yeah. the same movie. They're it's, just... It's Grindhouse featuring Exactly. So we got in a huge, we still have a huge debate. And I told her, I said, I showed her the uh, Blu-ray. I said, hey, look at the Blu-ray. It's called Grindhouse. <laughs> so yeah, that's a... And what'd she say to that? She said, it's still two separate movies. <laughs> well, yeah, technically they're two separate it movies. It is two separate movies. But it's Grindhouse. In one movie. Exactly. I don't believe I saw them separately in the theater, lady. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so listen to this, Laura, and I mean, even Brad agrees with me, it's the same movie. Yeah. It's two features that make up one feature. <laughs> like, they're both one experience. Exactly. So, and they're they're attached with little trailers of other great horror movies that I wish actually existed. Like, Machete Edgar writes don't. <laughs> That's an exploitation film. Well, I guess Rob Zombie's making the werewolf one. Yeah, Werewolf the SS, Thanksgiving, and uh, Eli Ross, Thanksgiving, and then Edgar Wright's Don't. I want to see all three of those. <laughs> Just like I love seeing Machete. Yep. Um, so, yeah, Planet Terror. Uh, yeah, that one's cool. It's for its way over gory. the topness. Yeah. Like typical Robert Rodriguez movies. Yeah. So, uh, oh man, a couple weeks ago, I flipped around on TV. I, I think I caught Spike Kids 2 mm -hmm. at the beginning of that. Yeah, I can watch much more than that. <laughs> like, the CGI is bad, and just, like, the fact that the uh, FBI or whatever, or the Secret Service, treats kids with, you know, like they, uh, <laughs> like they're important. <laughs> like, they're actual spies. It's just like, ah, I'm done. <laughs> Even though apparently a lot of people regard those movies as being really good. So they what's do. your second to last, Ryan? That's my third to last. That's so number three for me. Remember, I had you. I, we both had Saw. Yeah, but I did mine right after. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Uh, my, th something? my third is uh, Shaun of the Dead. Nice. 
Uh, See, I felt it was a comedy, so I left it off. But go on, explain why you feel it's a good horror movie. Um, I'll, I'll tell you why. It starts off as a comedy for sure. Uh, it treats the characters are really funny in it. Uh, the, even when the zombie plague or whatever you want to call it, apocalypse starts, it's still really funny. You know when they're throwing <laughs> the records at them, and the movie's really funny. But where it becomes a horror movie to me is the last like thirty minutes of it when they get inside the tavern and the zombies start closing in true i mean it's i mean when you're dealing with having to shoot your own mom <laughs> and i mean that's horror movie elements to me mm-hmm. and i mean obviously their friends get ripped the, apart. the people get ripped apart and the chick goes running out with the leg uh you know i, I just it's just a cool movie and it's really funny and it's really well done if you're a fan of zombie movies you should like it actually i met somebody at one of joe's at joe's halloween party who thought Shaun of the dead was terrible and I almost, I almost shit a brick. <laughs> like, I'm like, how can you think Shaun of the Dead is terrible and you like zombie movies? Be- what was his defense? Like, why was I, I don't even know. Him? I didn't even listen to him. You were so shocked. I was shocked. <laughs> you couldn't even continue the conversation. No, like, I couldn't. I'm out. It, I cannot believe what I just heard. I, I honestly, and it's Joe. I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the movie's just funny, and it's. It really it introduced me to um, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Mm-hmm. I just really I liked it a lot, and yeah. I mean to this day I, I'll still watch it almost <laughs> at least twice a year. I'll watch that movie, and if it's on TV, I'll even stop and watch it for a few minutes. Yeah, just because I I love some moments in that movie. Yeah, definitely one of my favorite all time movies too. And I'm, I'm I'm glad it's on your list because it almost made mine. Yeah, you know I can understand why you think it to be a comedy, but to me where it separates itself from something like Army of Darkness is the end where people are being ripped apart. Yeah. And, I mean, there's horror elements in it for sure. Yeah. It's just a good movie all around, like, as a yeah. movie itself. But and then when it, you talk about the genre parts of it, like comedy and, and uh, horror, like, it does those well, too. So. Yep. Um, yeah. So, good pick. Um, so that was your third? Yep. That's weird. Uh, the last one on my list is... Uh, what I thought would be your number one is I picked the Evil Dead. Are you doing the Evil Dead or Evil Dead Two? The Evil Dead. Oh, mine's Evil Dead Two. They're basically the same movie, except Evil Dead Two is better. <laughs> <laughs> like out of that trilogy, I would actually pick Army of Darkness as being my favorite of the three. Oh yeah, for sure. Like we explained before, it's not exactly a scary horror movie. It's a yeah. goofy adventure comedy yeah. with supernatural elements. <laughs> yeah. So um, as far as like getting that real Halloween scary uh horror type theme uh i picked the evil dead uh the first one because it's so low budget and uh like it's very bare bones it manages to like try and scare you and try to be uh spooky and uh disturbing um using this uh like the villain is like a non-entity like there's Mm -hmm. no physical killer running around it's just this essence yeah, but you still you still picture that they're being chased by something, and yeah. your imagination uses it manifests a creature in your head, exactly. but it has no face. Exactly. Yeah, it it, it uh, becomes part of other things, and then uses that to uh, create a personality. Um, but um, yeah, so yeah, and the, the two like had got the bigger budget and was able to do more stuff, but it's essentially the same movie. Yeah, you know, it actually, I was actually in two. I always that's th- where he gets the chainsaw. Yeah, he doesn't have the chainsaw on the first. No, one. maybe I should revise mine. 
yeah, there's, you know. <laughs> how could I pick the one that doesn't have him getting <laughs> yeah, the iconic on, chainsaw? The, what, how Sam Raimi actually described it, and, you know, I never picked up on it before, because I always thought he was just remaking The Evil Dead, and he made The Evil Dead too with a bigger budget and what he always wanted to do. But there's a, what he does is at the beginning of Evil Dead 2, because he couldn't get the rights to Evil Dead, because they're both independent movies. So, you know, it's different studios and different people distribute them worldwide. So what he did, because he couldn't get any footage from the first one, is he went back and he just shot the second one with just um, Linda and Ash. And so he redid the opening for that. And then if you watch the the Evil Dead, it ends with the, they call it the Force, uh, follows through the house and it comes through and it goes into Ash's mouth and that's the end of the movie. If you watch Evil Dead 2, after 20 minutes, it does the same thing, but then it picks up Ash and it flings him through the forest. Hmm. So that's when the second movie starts. Hmm. And uh, so it's a continuation. And I pick the second one because, to me, it's it's how I describe Sam Raimi to everybody and Bruce Campbell. Sam Raimi is a very inventive filmmaker. He has goofy camera angles. He can take... He loves the Three Stooges. And you can tell that when Bruce Campbell's beating himself up with the plates and when he cuts off his hand because he uses his hand to crawl across the ground. And I love the line, who's laughing now? Because the hand's always laughing. He chops off his hand. Uh, that movie to me is is like my first really big uh, horror movie love because I really got I got that movie the first time I saw it for some reason. And I was really young, and it was a movie I got, and I really appreciate it, and I always laugh my ass off. Um, just There's just so many little bits in that that, uh, you know, it actually transformed Ash into who he is. You know, he pins at Henrietta down in the cellar door, and she's like, I'll swallow your soul, I'll swallow your soul, I'll swallow your soul. And he points the shotgun at her and says, swallow this. <laughs> and he blows her up. Great one-liners. Yeah. And uh, just that movie is so zany and out of control. And you can, and when I saw Spider-Man 2, when they're in the hospital and they're trying to cut the arms off Dr. Octopus, it's an actual scene lifted from Evil Dead 2, where like the where they're fighting Henrietta, the old witch in the cellar, mm-hmm. and like the eyeball pops out, and then the chick grabs the, in Spider-Man 2, she grabs the chainsaw and it shines in the camera, just like Bruce Campbell does. Mm-hmm. And I just love those little moments, and you know, as a fanboy, you get a boner, <laughs> a fanboy boner when that stuff happens. But I love Evil Dead 2 for its maniac pace, and it's just out of control. And it's just a cool movie. And I love Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi. But they they had a... a uh, I like Evil Dead 1, where they melt at the end. It looks like Play-Doh. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, is that, is that, you have another one, right? I have one more. Yeah, well, how, that, how did that happen? I started. I have no more. I don't know. I talked about... Well, I guess I'll do a recap. Uh, Fears of the Dark. Mm-hmm. Let the right one in. Yep. Friday the 13th, Part 4. Mm-hmm. Freddy vs. Jason. Mm-hmm. Alien. Oh, that's why we both had two of the same. Twice, though, because you put Saw in yours, too. Yeah. Um, But I, I just went on to another one when it came to my turn, right? Mm-hmm. Vampire Hunter D, Bloodlust. People enjoy us, like, figuring this out. Mm-hmm. Like, listening to us. Shadow of the Empire, Evil Dead, and Planet Terror, and my number one, Saw. Hmm. I don't know, I only have ten on here. Let me see your list. Well, say your last one. My last one is the original Night of the Living Dead. Oh. And the reason it's on here is because, one, I think it's an awesome film. 
And I remember being very, very, very young, and my grandma Donna took us to Walgreens. And at Walgreens at the time, they had 99 cent VHSs. And my grandma told me, because I was staying the night with her, I could pick any movie I wanted to buy. And I picked Night of the Living Dead. And I had been, I don't know, six, seven, eight years old. What's your motivation? Like, I'm going to get the rated R one. You know, that movie's not rated. Uh-huh. Uh No wonder you got away with it. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, no one in my family has ever censored me from anything I wanted to watch. So I've been really lucky that way. Uh, so I got it, and I put it in. And I thought it was the most terrifying thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and I, I remember for I would always watch it. I would always watch it as long as I could live. Oh, wait, that didn't make any sense. I'd always watch it. <laughs> I would always watch it as long as I could live. <laughs> yeah, I'd always watch that it, and then sense. as the zombie started pouring in at the end, I would turn it off <laughs> because I couldn't watch what would happen to everybody in the movie. Daddy, are those people going to die? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I would always watch it because I was always fascinated with the movie because uh, at the time I didn't understand it. Uh, now that I'm older, I do. The movie is not only about the dead coming in like a lot of George Romero movies actually deal with political issues and at the time it was released in 1968 Ben who's a main character and the hero in the movie is a black guy when you're our age and you know now I mean we look at it like yeah whatever it's a black guy back then though to have a black guy be a hero of a movie throw a stone you'll hit a black guy yeah or wait that's a hate crime don't do do that you know it was really revolutionary and so the first part of the movie is uh them being chased by one zombie she uh ben and barbara fuck ben and barbara make it into the farmhouse they board it up and they uh they're fighting off a couple of the zombies and then they have this how ben got there and all of a sudden these people from downstairs come and it's a white guy and he says the safest place is in the basement. Ben, the black guy, thinks the safest place is upstairs where you can see where everything's coming from. If you put yourself in the basement, you're boxing yourself in. So if the zombies get in and they get in the basement, you're fucked. So the whole movie is basically racial tension about a white guy who thinks he's right and a black guy who thinks he's right, and they constantly fight throughout the movie. And at the end of the movie, the zombies pour in, and it turns out the safest place in the basement uh, Ben goes down and it actually has one of the best endings to any horror movie ever uh, do you want me to ruin the ending for you no I haven't seen it okay I won't ruin the ending for you but you should see it because it'll change if it's the... that amazing no it is yeah. it is it's really awesome but yeah no and uh, and here's a here's a fun fact about Shaun of the Dead uh, Shaun's mom in that is named Barbara mm-hmm. and she's named after Barbara from Night of the Living Dead yeah, well, they made that movie because they love those movies. Exactly. So, so there's a li- there's would, a little wink. They would do that. Nod. And there's uh, and there's a line in Night of Living Dead where he says, "We're coming to get you, Barbara." And in <laughs> Shaun of the Dead, he says, "We're coming to get you, that. Barbara." Well, let me see your list. You can see my list. God, I can't read it. <laughs> you couldn't because you're gay. <laughs> hmm. I don't know. I don't know what happened. That's weird. But, yeah, anyway. So, there you have it. There you have it. Our, Our horror favorite movies. horror movies. Ryan's top ten in chronological order. Oh. My grouping of favorites. 
Um, so you should go out and rent them. I mean, mine are a lot. I mean, some of them are goofy, like Friday Thirteenth Part Six, but I think a lot of mine are actually ground breaking horror films that I think actually elevate the They're genre. They're all iconic. Yeah. In our ways. Um, yeah, and we'd say go check them out for Halloween, but it's already passed by the time you're listening to this. So but maybe next s- year. But you can still check them out. I mean, they're yeah, good. They're good all year long. Exactly. I mean, Friday Thirteenth, the, uh, the last Friday Thirteenth was released on Valentine's Day. So I know what is up with that. Yeah, well, it became the highest-grossing horror movie. Um, well, that's easy. Opening weekend. Nothing else good comes out. <laughs> exactly. So great marketing. Yeah. Um, great date movie. But I like going to see like scary movies on like in Me the too. season. Um, so I got House of Wax, which is a horror movie, um, mm-hmm. for free when I went to Second Spin. Because oh, yeah. if you bought two things, you got one free the day so I was there. You chose that as your free one. Uh, yeah, because I, I was reading reviews and it, they oh, say... Paris Holden, yeah, you know, and uh, what I was going to say is she's fucking ugly. Like, <laughs> I don't know why people think she's attractive. She has a little rat face. She does, and her head's fucking big. <laughs> But you know the movie's dude, not bad. So odd, it, it, it's really slow moving, and the dude from uh, Friday Thirteenth's in it, the new Friday Thirteenth, and the guy from Supernatural. Uh, What's his name? Jared Padalecki or something? Mm-hmm. You know his name. One of those teen heartthrobs. You no, you him. know his name, Ryan. You love him. I do not have a poster on my room of him. <laughs> so yeah, um, and ma- his hot brother. Oh, dude, show. I left out uh, Resident Evil Afterlife on my list. <laughs> really? No. <laughs> which I, I 3D was pretty awesome yeah it wasn't bad story was like mm-hmm. it's like all the Resident Evils yeah yeah um yeah so what other spooky things should we end the show with um they're uh, coming to get you Bob your Brad. murder <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna murder Ryan on the podcast I just <laughs> did an iconic horror movie line and you wouldn't know it because you haven't seen Night of the Living Dead oh well I guess I'll go Netflix it you should that'll make you happy you know that movie wasn't copyrighted at the end? They forgot to put the copyright on the print, so you can make a version of it if you want. I think it's copyrighted now. We could remake it. We could. Excellent. We tried to make a horror movie. It's called Friday the 13th Reborn. Didn't and it was good. So well. Didn't finish it. Didn't finish it because nobody loves me. <laughs> and no one's around to shoot it. Nope. So if we make a horror movie, it'd have to be just us. <laughs> can you make a horror movie with just yourself? It exists within your own head. <laughs> um. Anywho, anyway, I'm gonna end the show with a a proposition. Um, I want to extend the Nebcast network. Uh, we'll keep doing Nebcast, but specifically for like video production purposes, and then create two new podcasts. One being the Search of Domain podcast, where we do the voices of our characters as little radio plays. Okay. Using the scripts we've written, you sound excited. I said, okay. You sound excited this whole podcast. What? Look at you, laying, lounging about without a care in the world. Okay, I'm trying this thing where um, <laughs> it's going to sound stupid, but I feel like if I have to look at you during the podcast, like, I'll lose my train of thought. So. Okay. Like, because I have to listen to the podcast in my own head, like you imagine it. So I'm distracting myself, like, trying to talk as though I can't see anything. <laughs> okay. It maybe shouldn't have said anything. Exactly. Like I didn't want to have to reveal that because now it just makes the show sound stupid, and I look like an idiot because I'm trying to be creative. How about sound to, like an trying idiot? to help my performance? Because I feel like if I don't see myself in the room, then like I'm not really there. You and... see yourself in me? No. Like... <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> it's not like a psychotic. 
I, I, I feel like if you can... I can't see you, so I feel like you can't see me, so I don't have stage fright. Like, no one can see me because I'm just imagining the podcast in my own head. <laughs> okay. Come on, I, it makes sense, right? No. Oh, God. Brad, it's only me and you. You talk to me all the time. It's like we're talking to each other normally. I know, but, like, stage fright makes me forget things. I feel like I've done a better job talking on this show because I'm <laughs> existing within the head that I always, like, think in and come up oh, with ideas okay. in. You don't get it. I, I understand, Brad. You're afraid to talk in front of me. I'm just afraid that my man crush will come out. I know, it's hard. <laughs> no, um... <laughs> damn it. Should have caught that one. Anyway, back to yeah, what so I was getting to. It's first domain. It's first domain, which you sounded really enthusiastic about. Um, and then a third one, uh, like, you wanted to do the movie podcast. Uh, like a separate one back in the day. Like, we were musing around about it. Mm-hmm. I really think that with... Um, Getting his name just talked about him he was on the show uh, james james god john ekstrom pointed out that i uh didn't mention him in our tutori dynasty episode mm-hmm. until late into the podcast uh see i forget stuff really badly um but james like if we get james as a regular on the show of a movie podcast mm-hmm. i think it could be amazing because like <laughs> You and I kind of make jokes and goof around a lot about movies, and he like really studies the um, mechanical and like sciency aspects of it. Like he could he could write an essay on a movie. Like that's what he's going to school for. He's uh, for film criticism. No, he's going. Well, he's an English major. Yeah. So yeah. Like um. You yeah. You and I. Like, could you write an essay about a movie? Like. Explaining all the details, (laughs) like explaining the details of like, well, no, scene looks like this because it means this. I mean, I could, but I think that's boring. But uh, (laughs) I'm not. not, That's not a knock on James. I just I I think a lot of people read too much into things. Yeah, Yeah. and and, I mean, movie movie critics do too. I I I review movies because I enjoy them, not because. Right. So I think with our dynamic here, we have two guys who just like like the uh, the enjoyment aspect of it. And if we had a guy like who really studied the, the movie, like in depth, like mm-hmm. kind of James kind of does, or it seems like he does. Um, like I'm, I'm sure he enjoys him on our level too. But like he can really explain it really well. Mm-hmm. So I think that would make the, um, like a movie podcast show like. So we need like a yin to our yang. Yeah. So like we've already like the yin and yang we have is like, um, I'm a snob about artsy movies, <laughs> in your opinion, and like. Yeah, you're about the big blockbuster most of the time, right? Sure. <laughs> I'm just disagreeing with you now. Forget the show. <laughs> let's not. Let's just stick with this. No, that's fine. I'll, I mean, I'll ask James. We'll probably have to find a way to make it easy for him because he's yeah, in or Fort we can Collins. Go up there. I mean, I mean, I don't mind going to Fort Collins. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, we we get together so often right now to do this show. <laughs> <laughs> Won't be much of a difference, but uh. Uh, you know, yeah. I'll, ta- I'll talk to him and see what days are good for him. And it doesn't have to be called Netflix, you know. It could just be like, oh, what was it? I had a name like a uh, Real Nerds. Cool. Get it? Real yeah. Nerds. R E E L. I have to go on iTunes and see if anyone's taken that already. But yeah, we could do like Netflix or Real Nerds. And uh, uh, oh shoot, I was gonna do. I had a bit like a Mad Lib bit. Like I was gonna take a movie. And take out the adjectives and the plot synopsis, and have you fill it in for me. But damn it, I forgot to. I had it ready for Iron Man two way back in the day. But 
I was gonna have one for Saw, but I, I fucked up. So that's a good start. <laughs> right on. Cool. So you down? Yeah, I'm down. Okay. Um. So hopefully in the future we'll have Nibble Surgeons will have three different podcasts. Cool. Yeah. Think it's a good idea. Yeah. Think Brad, you know I'm. You, Brad, you know I'm always down to do this stuff. I don't care. Well, I'm worried because we, we keep saying we're down to do this one, and it's like week after week. Last week was your fault, not my fault. I, I admit, last week was my fault. I was making a badass costume. And two weeks in the, a row. Yeah, two weeks in a row, it's been your fault. Um, <laughs> every week prior to that. It's not my fault. Sure it is. I'm going to say it is. No. You would. You fucking dick. There's, well, actually, it's the movie industry's fault. There hasn't been a lot. No, it, unfortunately, this year has been bleh. Yeah. Anyways. So, um, Brian, what's your choice uh, for a movie to see next week? Um, I will probably see Due Date. Really? And then after that, Harry Potter. <laughs> but I will be buying Scott Pilgrim next week. Absolutely. Scott Pilgrim, a lot of you didn't see it in the theater. And Fuck you. assholes if you didn't. Um, give it a second chance and buy it on DVD so that yep. it gets its budget. Maybe there will be a sequel. Or Edgar Wright will get to do something badass. Because um, he'll get some clout again. Uh, he's going to work anyway, but... Yeah. Um, just so that the press doesn't regard him as a failure because of one movie. Uh, check out Scott Pilgrim. And I have no idea what's coming out next week other than due date. So maybe I'll just go see that. So sounds All I'm waiting good. for is Tron at this point. And uh, Harry Potter sounds good, but I didn't see the last one, so i got to catch up. It's good, too. So signing off. I'm Ryan. Um, check out nebulousvisions.com. Spherexdomain.com. Spherexdomain.com. And keep reaching for the cinema. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm trying to think of a good sign-off. It's been 62 episodes and we haven't thought of anything. And remember, if you're being chased by a zombie, oh, what the hell's on the shoot floor? him in the head. I don't know. It's wet. Is that an ice pack? Oh, maybe. <laughs> oh, oh my god, it's blood! <laughs> <Yeah>! <laughs> That's terrible acting by us. <laughs> well, we'd be good for a horror movie then. <laughs> yeah.